0: Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Yeah, it's game day. It is game day, gentlemen. Thursday night football. Declan and I were talking before the show here that we've got all these other NFL themes like the Sunday night football theme. You know, we've got the... This is a good one. Oh, yeah. That's, a re- that's a really It's good time one. for some football. I don't know the Amazon one in my head yet. It's like it's so, too new. So. I just went back and listened to
2: it uh, right before we started the scoop session with Doogie, and I, I somewhat remember it, um, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's uh, not a household theme yet. Not a household theme yet. Yeah,
0: it's not like the chimes.
1: What's the last uh-huh. bad football theme? Has, has there been one? I feel like there hasn't been one that's like been like, ooh, that's a clunker.
0: I think the one that's the least descript, and I don't have it on here right now, is probably the current C- the NFL on CBS one because they changed it from the old one. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, and I love the old do, one, do, the really do, old one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's bum, bum, that's like ba, the da, NFL. Bum, ba, well, there's two. There's the '70s one, and then there's the there was the like early '90s one. Oh right. I feel like too.
1: Yeah. No, I'm I'm talking about the '70s. NFL on CBS pregame show with yeah, Brent Musburger, cross, cross, and Jimmy yeah. the Greek. Da, I, I had da.
2: a I had a friend who worked for the NFL side on CBS Sports, and I asked him, I was like, "How hard was it to try to get one of the CBS Sports jackets?" Because I I would wear that, and he was like, "Yeah, it's difficult. Like you got to be a talent. They don't just give them out. It's wow. it's not as easy as it is. Just like I was like, you couldn't just like go to the wardrobe rack. There's probably some hanging. He's like, no, they don't. They don't exist. I trust me. I've looked. <laughs> they do like, like
0: eighty of them." Well, Matt Ryan got his, right? Cuz Matt Ryan did the Vikings game and they even made a comment like, "Yeah, Matt, you look good in that CVS sport coat." They should do a Jim Nantz presentation every year for the new like the former player who comes in retired and now he's going to he's going to be a broadcaster and they should do it like the masters, uh, the cabin, right? Where they're all sitting oh, butler around cabin where in the butler cabin. Up. There's a fireplace yeah. in the background. It's my pleasure. It's my honor to bestow, bestow <laughs> this CBS jacket from CBS. It's just dead silent and awkward. So anyways, we're going to hit you guys. Uh, even though the Vikings play tonight, we're going to keep this sort of broad so that it has meaning maybe beyond the game tonight. We're going to hit you with an abbreviated state of the offense episode and a random Viking of the week here presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Learn more at TCL.com. And uh, Judd, if you could shout out our friends too at Minnesota Lottery with that Vikings scratch game ticket that you guys should be getting your paws on. The Vikings might not win, but they can help you oh, win e- each and every day. Right. No, I'm just
1: saying, in life, we like to win stuff, right? Well, well, the new uh, Vikings lo- lottery scratch game is the official scratch game of the team, of course. And you could win up to $100,000 or second chance prizes, including, get this, season tickets or an away game trip. That's officially exciting. Minnesota lottery, just say I'm in, must be 18 or older to play. Again, $100,000. So, you know what?
0: Take your chances, because if you win, you're going to be very, very happy. All right, let's uh, ordinarily, we're going to do like longer discussions about the state of the offense and sort of where they rank and uh, maybe a deep dive into Kirk Cousins. We're going to skim past some of this because, again, they play again tonight. And we're going to sink our teeth into something more broad. But uh, just for starters here, where does the Vikings offense rank after week one? Well, points per game, 20th. Yards per play, second. Got to close that gap. Marching up and down the field, stupid turnovers. If you score a touchdown on that goal line interception, all of a sudden now you're 24 points per game instead of 17 points per game, right? Yep. Uh, Let's see here. DVOA. So these are now analytical sort of process rankings. DVOA, they were 21st. And then expected points added, they were 13th. So kind of all over the place after the first week. Um, state of Kirk cousins real quick, passer rating. He was eighth QBR. He was 14th PFF had him as the 15th graded quarterback in week one and EPA expected points added. He was eighth as well. Um, he was the ninth least pressured quarterback in week one. So he didn't face a ton of pressure relative to the league. So we can get, we can get into maybe some of that stuff more in depth after the second game. But what I want to dive into with you guys is the new look Vikings offense from a personnel standpoint we now have the data from week one and it's really fascinating this is what Judd had been kind of hinting at throughout Judd's camp notes August training camp so first down personnel is a great baseline for sort of what is your base state as an offense Mm -hmm. because if you start to mix in everything else you know, if teams are spending a lot of time in third and long, they're probably going to have more receivers on the field. If you're spending a lot of time in the red zone, like what do you do on first down? Because first down is a blank canvas for you to do whatever you want, put whatever personnel you want on the field, right? Last season, the Vikings ran mostly 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, one running back, one tight end on first down. They were one of the more, they were like the fifth or sixth heaviest in terms of using 11 personnel on first down in the, in the entire NFL, which is what the Rams do. The Rams are just like 80 to 90% of the time. First down, any down just have three receivers, one tight end, one running back. That's where Kevin O'Connell came from under Sean McVay. So 64% 11 personnel in 2022 on first down week one, it was 66% heavier personnel. Oh, all right. Football. Oh, yeah. just stick with me here. Okay. So they used an extra running back. So either two running backs, two tight ends, or three tight ends. If you add all of those snaps up on first down, it was about 66, two thirds of their first downs. They had bigger bodies or a non wide receiver in the game in one of those skill position player slots. So why does that matter? Well, if you look right now in the NFL, And I'll just use uh, week one samples with a smattering of, like, the trends from last year. Mm -hmm. The 49ers and the Dolphins, for example, I think are two of the more, like, right now, innovative, hard-to-stop offenses. In fact, if you go off, like, yards per play and points per game, they were just, like, the the two, them and the Cowboys. The Cowboys had a couple uh, non-offensive touchdowns, too, though, didn't they? So, Dolphins, Niners, unstoppable machines right now offensively. Those teams run a ton of heavier personnel packages.
1: Shanahan, yeah.
0: Shanahan with the Niners and then uh, Mike McDaniel coming over kind of from the same tree, right? Right. So the Dolphins, for instance, the Dolphins in week one and the Niners in week one uh, had 63 and 71%, 21 personnel, which is two running backs and then two receivers and a tight end. So they love having, and for the, by the way, for the Niners, it's a fullback. It's check who's usually in the game. Yes. So I, I just, I don't know, there's, that's a lot of information for you guys, but the Vikings are trying to mirror in terms of just replacing a receiver with a heavier body or a running back. Yes. They're trying to mirror more what the Niners and the Dolphins are doing offensively, and it worked from a yardage standpoint. We'll see if it works from a scoring standpoint and whatever else. So I'm not surprised. Because as we talked about in training camp, we certainly saw this. So it's
1: not like they weren't actively working on this. And th- the fact that they uh, brought in Josh Oliver as one of their two sort of marquee free agent signings uh, was a very clear sign that they were going to go in this direction. The one thing in week one I saw, though, is and this goes to your point, Phil, you know, use check in that role in San Francisco is pretty doggone good. Putting that on CJ Ham's plate to me is too much for CJ Ham, and so I guess my question is because the the Oliver signing I think paid off. Like I think this guy can play, yeah. uh, and I'm not saying CJ Ham can't play, but I am saying if you're going to rely on him as much as the Vikings
0: did on Sunday, I don't know that you shouldn't have upgraded that spot. So that's, how many like how many of those like hybrid backs or even out? it would almost have to be a converted tight end or something, right? Yeah, but I mean you know. C.J. Ham works his ass
1: off, and he's good on special teams, and I think in the offense he can have a role. But it it looked like on Sunday that that role had been expanded by quite a bit, and I just don't know that he has the ability or talents to be be playing that much. And, yes, in fact, I think if you go back and look at this, one of the first, and I might be wrong here, but I believe one of the first instances where we saw what you're talking about, which is is you sort of take a tight end and convert him into what they called an H-back with Jim Kleinsasser. Yeah. And Jim Kleinsasser in that role was damn good. Uh, But he was a better player than Ham is. So I like what they're doing. I like the ideas. I don't know that the personnel is across the board especially if ham is going to play it that much uh, fits what they want to do
0: from a talent standpoint. So real quick, what the dolphins did, because I was wondering who is the, the dolphins run two running back sets more than any team, except the 49ers. Like, who are they putting out there? Cause it's not two running backs. It's a, usually 21 would be a running back and a fullback. Right? So, And I don't watch uh, every second of Dolphins football. And when I do, you're usually watching those cheetah wide receivers and Tua, right? And uh, you know Mike McDaniel's vaping on the sidelines. So yeah, they (laughs) have the the Dolphins have a former Wisconsin Badgers fullback, and he he actually was um, I believe he was an undrafted free agent signed by the Raiders out of college. He's a fullback named Alec Ingold, six foot one, two hundred thirty-five pounds. He played thirty snaps in Week One in tw- largely twenty-one personnel for the Dolphins. He is their CJ Ham. Okay. And what's funny is with the Raiders, his first three years in the league with the Raiders, you know he was playing like he played two hundred snaps the first season. He played one hundred thirty-five snaps in two thousand twenty-one. And then the Dolphins come in, hire a new coaching staff. We're going to we're gonna run some Shanahan stuff here. And he all of a sudden doubles and triples his snap counts from the previous two years. They just like found a guy. There's not that many guys who are like six foot, six foot one bowling balls who are big enough. They're bigger than running backs, right? They're 230, 235 pounds that you would trust to play 30 snaps in an NFL game in 2023. But the Dolphins have one. The Niners have one. The Vikings are trying to see if they have one in CJ Ham right now. So when when um, they document the the personnel
1: formations for San Francisco, how do they document Debo Samuel when he
0: lines up in the backfield? That's a great question. Can you tell? Um, I don't know if they classify that. I think if he's lined up in the backfield, it would technically be he would technically be a running back on the play. Correct. Yeah, it's like Cordell. Even though he's a receiver on the field, it's kind of semantics, right? So right. maybe, maybe that's part of their classification. But it's where he is that's important. But do the Vikings have anyone in their wide receiver group right now that you would say, yeah, line that guy up as a potential running back in the backfield? Not I mean, consistently. you. You've seen Jefferson back there a couple times, yeah, but, but he's not consistently. Yeah, Brandon Powell. He's got some I mean, bowling bowling ball tendency to no. him, right?
1: No, in fact, if I was going to take Ham out and uh, take a second uh, second bite at the apple on this, I would probably be inclined to play Hawkinson, Munt, and Oliver and line either Munt or Oliver up in the backfield. But, yeah. but in training camp, they did not, so I fully expect that that's not a possibility. For
0: and them. for the record, okay, let's on this, uh, the Alec Ingold front. So he played about 40% of offensive snaps for a high-powered Dolphins offense last year, and he played about half of their snaps in week one. So he's a huge part of their equation, and he doesn't touch the ball very often. So last year, he's out there all that. That's kind of Klein Saucer back in the day. He was out yeah. there all the time, but he 100%. rarely touched the ball, right? Yes. He was a threat to touch the ball, so you had to sort of account for him, but he was mostly out there to either take up a body in a matchup or block. Last year, Alec Ingold. Again, he was out there for like forty percent of the offensive snaps. He only caught fifteen passes and only ran the ball six times for eight yards. But he's a threat, and he makes you have to do different things the way that you line up defensively. Can C.J. Ham have kind of? Can he have kind of a silent impact in this offense? We saw we saw them trying in Week One, but we need we probably need to see more of a sample. Small. Uh... Sample size here,
1: but what was Ingold's PFF grade in week week one? Because we know from Judd guesses the PFF grades that Hams was not good.
0: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was not very good. It was fifty-seven okay. out of a hundred. Uh, he got dinged largely in the run blocking game. He just had a traditionally he's a pretty good run blocking fullback, but he had he a know. bad game as a run blocker in this yeah. first game. So,
2: and the and the usage with CJ Ham is also especially going into this Philly game and we'll see what happens long-term with the state of Bradbury and maybe even the state of Darisaw. you know, they need him to block now. Like if we were surprised he was in that much just for week one, he's probably going to exceed if not play the same amount of snaps in week two and or going forward if there's offensive line trouble because he has Mm -hmm. to block. I mean, Madison even on that was it the first series uh, against the Bucks where he just said screw it and didn't even try to block an incoming I I don't know if it was Winfield or someone just came right off the edge and Madison said nope and Kirk just takes a huge hit like Ham's going to be out there not because of being even um, a great little maybe decoy he's going to be out there to block and I really don't know if he's even that good at that good at that job either.
1: The one thing that concerns me, though, and I, I think we touched on this briefly uh, yesterday, the one thing that really worries me about a guy like Ham is the safety blanket for Kirk. Because if Kirk can check it down at times, he will. And I don't want, and, and to, De- to Declan's point, I really don't want the ball in Ham's hands. And Kirk, if he panics, will check it down to Ham, and you'll get,
0: you know, two yards, or you'll lose yeah. a yard. That's the thing, like... What the the, and I'm not going to pretend to. It would be great to. This would be a great Alex Boone conversation for, for our Monday trenches session because it's hard for us to sit here and break down like the silent impact of an extra fullback on the field, right? Right. Um, right. but you can't use C.J. Ham as a weapon, really. And you're right about that. Sometimes Kirk, I feel like sometimes Kirk just sees he sees like routes on a tree and weapons and doesn't necessarily account for, Oh, KJ Osborne. There's certain things he can't do that. Justin Jefferson can, or TJ Hawkinson probably isn't breaking that tackle on fourth and eight, but yeah. it's a route on a tree and it's the correct move. So if CJ ham being out there becomes a guy that Kirk is trying to get the ball to, he can't, he's not a guy that should be touching the ball like four or five times a game. Right. But if he's out there and he can help steal an edge or he can help, free something up or you know provide some deception somewhere you know so real real quick here cj ham this is what i worry about a little bit Mm -hmm. in his career first of all he's a little older right like cj ham this is his seventh year in the nfl he's over the age of 30 yeah so we're not talking about like a 27 28 year old he's actually on the edge of the age curve too (laughs) so he uh his highest run blocking grade according to PFF in any season is 63 out of a hundred in 2020. Here are his run blocking grades on a zero to 100 scale, 50, 48, 57, 63, 61, 44, and then 50 in week one. So he's not a weapon. That's going to catch a bunch of passes. He should not be a guy that's touching the ball more than like, you know, maybe once a game or twice a game in certain situations. But then when he's being asked to block in the run game, He's not that great at that either, so I think, Judd, your instinct seems right that they're they're trying to do a, they're trying to do something that San Francisco and Miami are doing, but they just don't have the guy that those teams have to right. make it happen. At least, it appears that way, right?
1: And I like the fundamental uh, philosophical change, but you've got to be right about this, like from a personnel standpoint too, so. Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, again, if C.J. Ham had a different quarterback who processed things a little bit more, perhaps, and, and he was just never going to get the ball, or he'd get the ball, you know, once in a while. But I just, I fear the more, and, and to a certain point, and I don't like this at all, T.J. Hawkinson has become this guy. Yeah. At a certain point, you're just like, Kirk, the ball has to go down field. By the way, did you guys go back and watch the 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 um, Osborne Pickmore? Because I went back last night and watched. I've watched bunch. it about uh, twenty five times. I
0: think yes. Oh, okay. by the way, I keep saying John Yusechek. It's Kyle Yusechek. There was a Packers fullback like uh, back in the day. You're that forgiven. Okay. I've got the same <laughs> problem. I've got the same problem. <laughs> Who was that um, Packers fullback? Like John? Was it? No, I'm thinking John Coon. John
2: Coon It is funny how though, like all fullbacks, feels like either come from the Midwest or a Big Ten school. Like it just, it feels like that is where they come from.
1: <laughs> Every one of them should, should be named Mike Allstatt because Mike Allstatt, first of all, that's oh, a great fullback name. And he yeah. had the, the neck roll. Mike Allstatt was like, you know, cause he's from Purdue and he just likes to get in your face and he's actually really good. Um, but I went back and watched that about five times last night, man, you can, you can blame KJ all you want for you know, his hands were on the ball, but my God, one is, Kirk was right, Jordan Addison wouldn't have scored, and, and K.J. Osborne might not have scored, too, because um, he, he could have been immediately tackled at the two, Yeah, but Jordan Addison was the man there, like he was the guy, and the other guy that, that was going to come open, and I think he was in single coverage, and he, he was basically, it looked like in a mirror route to Osborne, in some ways, just a step behind him. Hawkinson, like the more I watch that, that's a, that's a yep. bad, that was a, I'm all for Kirk taking chances, but
0: dude, Jordan Addison is your two. I don't care what the depth chart says. Well, I also think there's, it's tough. Cause we've been sitting here for two or three years banging on the table saying, Kirk, you got to take a few more chances here and there. You got to thread a needle. You got to have a little more Brett Favre in you, right? Yep. Yep. And, and that there, and the, when you do that, there's going to be a certain number of mistakes that you have to live with to tap into the upside of the Jefferson one handed catch against Buffalo. Very fair. Yeah. So does that, does that aggressive thread the needle throw, it wound up being kind of a back shoulder throw to KJ Osborne. It, I, I thought it was a kind of a reckless decision in the moment because you can beat that team without having to thread a needle. Wasn't it first down to like, you don't, That wasn't like a games on the line. You got to thread a needle situation here. It was a good question. Just run your offense and you'll probably score a touchdown or kick or even kick a field goal. And you can win. You can win this game. But on the other hand, is that one of those mistakes that we have to just sort of live with wanting him to be more aggressive? I'm wrestling with that right now. Second and one, which is just as bad. Yeah. So it it felt like a little bit of a a little bit of an unnecessary uh, threading of the needle. Yeah. so to
1: um to t- tie the cJ. Ham conversation together with the pick, it's not the pass. it's the player. Jordan Addison, if I can throw a pass to Addison or Osborne, it's not a decision. Jordan's going to get the ball. And if yeah. I could throw a pass to Jefferson or Jordan, it's not a decision. If that pass had gone to Justin or even Hawkinson, who who could have fought through that a little bit more, I think I'd be more forgiving. But the fact it was K.J. Osborne yeah. is what I don't like.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right. And, you know, it's just uh, a lot of people just look for ways to make sure Kirk is absolved. Like, forget about the result of the game. Forget about anything else. If Kirk can play a game and be absolved from blame, that, that's the main goal, oddly, of a bunch of fans. And I'll never understand that. And on the flip side, if you watch a play like that and you point out, Boy, you know, I get I get what he's doing here, but you had two defenders draped over your number four target and it on uh, a second and one, it just felt like an unnecessary risk. Then you're now you're blaming everything on Kirk and you're a hater and all these things. It's like I I don't know, man. So we'll see what happens going forward here. He's gonna take some more chances and He's probably going to make some more mistakes, but if it results in the upside of scoring more points and building bigger leads, then okay, so be it. Yeah, and if the ball's going to 18, you know what? Ordinarily, I say, okay. Hey, real quick before we get to a random Viking, on 18, his first half was incredible. His second half, he caught like two passes. 12 yards. You were at press conferences kind of sleuthing around. Um did they take him out of the game? Did they? Did the Buccaneers so, go in at halftime and say, Justin Jefferson's not getting the ball, or what was the deal there? So
1: I asked that question of Jefferson because I feel like the immediate response is bracket coverage, but they went to bracket coverage. They bracketed the a safe, safety rolled over. There's nothing, nothing, there's nothing they can yeah, do. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's like the default response, and it's like, I don't know that's true necessarily. So I asked Jefferson, I said, did they take you out of the game? You know, what? happened there and he said no he said he basically said and this didn't get a lot of play but I found it to be a very very fair but interesting quote he said one they didn't they did not take me out like I I was available to play I was available to get more than two passes for 12 yards after catching 138 yards worth of passes in the first half but the quote that I found uh within that to be really intriguing was he basically said and he's right it takes a lot of guys to do their job for me to get the football.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> wow! Wait, but but I mean that's wow. that's that's a pretty damn good insightful. He's right. Like what he's saying that's a is si-
0: that's a great little sideways shot at whoever he wants it to be. Yeah, shot it's not at, like right? Kirk.
1: Yeah, because because he's not attacking <laughs> Kirk. There, he's saying it takes a lot of guys to do their job for me to get the football, which I think is an indictment of the offensive line partially, although. To your point about the stats, at the end of the day, you know, Kirk had pressure, but it was not this unbelievable. Oh my God, they were wow. last in the league. Um, but I, but I'm the great part about that quote that goes all the way up the flagpole to the guy calling the place.
0: Yeah. And you know what? So we did that film breakdown with Booney on the, the Winfield. The biggest play of the game in terms of just like a point swing and a situational swing on the, the wind probability charts was the Antoine Winfield strip sack. And then Boone and Cyril's took a look at it after we were done doing our show. And they came to a, even a slightly different conclusion that still put the blame on cousins. So the first, like when we sat down with Booney, he said, Hey, this is a five Oh, so it's, it's hat on hat for offensive line. And there are two free running blitzers. Ham picks up the one in the middle the linebacker, and then the other one, Winfield, is running free. And it's on you as a quarterback to know that, throw hot or get rid of the ball, dirt it, whatever. It can't be a strip sack. What actually should have happened, if you look at the whole like wide, big picture uh, formation on that play, you had three receivers bunched to the left. You had two defensive backs over three receivers. And there was a safety like 35 yards down the field, not in the picture. So you have effectively two Defensive backs covering three receivers on the left side, that linebacker that wound up engaging for a second and then dropping back, he, he has to bail back. If he doesn't bail back, no, there's a wide open receiver and it would just be an easy hot route or just like a 20-yard gain, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're Kirk, you know that that linebacker, this, is, this isn't this is from me. This is from like Alex Boone, like right. profe- Jeremiah Serral's you know that linebacker, especially as a he's the third oldest quarterback in the NFL, 35 years old, you know that guy has to bail. And if he doesn't bail, you've got a wide-open receiver on the left side. And he was looking at the left side. So the linebacker bails. If you know that that's going to happen, you should be sliding your protection, especially with a backup center, before the ball is snapped, you should you should right. say, hey, backup center guy, Schlotman, I got your back here. Right. That linebacker, based on what's happening on the left here with numbers, that linebacker is for sure bailing into coverage. Therefore, okay. we are sliding protection right, mm-hmm. and if they slide protection right, it's probably a 25-yard gain to a one-on-one Justin Jefferson up the right side. Mm-hmm. But like that play looks like an offensive line failure because he gets Correct. strip-sacked, right? Right. So these are right. things to watch going forward, especially against Philadelphia tonight. I know we should probably just and shut up and post this episode. but And
1: it's, and <laughs> it's front-side pressure. So yeah. However, it happens. So like, if it's happening,
0: him. you should you should yeah. be able to. Well, that's as a,
1: great. That's a great breakdown. So,
2: I had more than one person contact me or come up to me yesterday and say, "Detective Zolgad at that Jefferson press conference," and said, "I didn't know Jefferson took over the Chris Thomason role in the Vikings beat." Oh, and the Judd. The tough questions.
0: The Judd did okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, more yeah. than one
2: person asked, "Judd, uh, I didn't know. I didn't know Judd was now the new Chris Thomason."
1: Yeah, I. I... I think I'm a little more tactful at times than Chris was, but I did at, well, I, I think it's because I also asked Justin, I said, if the Vikings come to you uh, about a contract e- extension, would you be open to it? And he said, that's up to the team and sort of shut, shut me down. So somebody else asked a question. And then I, I said, I'll try this again. I said, if they come up to you, cause some guys don't like to negotiate in season, would you? And he, didn't really answer it um i think he would just like
0: i, I actually have a contract right yeah. here in my hand. yeah would you I, like to I'd take like to a look offer at it you this
1: ridiculously <laughs> expensive contract but um yeah i mean
0: he, he's a good kid at least oh he's justin jefferson it's a good kid. until proven otherwise yeah puts up with i wouldn't say puts up with but like I think he just, he, Mike Florio kind of nailed it in his article. He's willing to go with the flow more than a lot of guys at his position historically for how great oh, he is. God,
1: yes. Yeah, you think about that?
0: The, the end of the Zimmer era, you know, just some of the contract stuff here. It's uh, it's refreshing to have a guy that's that well, good at that position not be a pain in the ass. <laughs>
1: I mean, he didn't get a contract done, and he did not miss, as far as I recall, a minute of training camp.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. And he hasn't, you know, pissed and moaned. No, he is a, uh, for his position, and, and knock on wood, because there was a time where I thought Stefan Diggs was pretty above board as well, and that is now long, long gone. Yeah. Um, But knock on wood, for a superstar receiver to be this sort of on board and, and seemingly a good kid, yeah, you're right. Yep. It's really, really nice.
0: And, you know, if you want right now, if you're – if you're a Justin Jefferson fan, you can go to scornorth.com/shop, the collectibles section. the uh, The most popular item that has sold in this store, courtesy of our friends at Universal Sports Auctions, is the one handed. It's a framed signed photo of Justin Jefferson reaching up and making that catch. And you can find it for your man cave. There's a Jordan Addison signed jersey right now too. Man Cave, Office, maybe a background for your podcast setup, whatever it is. Scornorth.com <laughs> slash Hold shop. On. Click on Collectibles. 10% off at checkout with the promo code SCORE. That's S-K-O-R. We're trying to get Declan some stuff behind him for the YouTube wow. channel. He's got a plain wall I, back I, I tried
2: to convince my loving fiance, the decorator, I and the handyman woman in our house. I don't handle tasks in, 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 of, the, of these in my house. I'm not good at them. I, I, I am I have. You no, can't hang a picture? I'm yes, I'm not good at that. I can't I hang hung a
1: picture. I'm on these Declan and I'm incompetent.
2: I'm I am what incompetent. Do you, can't, to you don't the know next how to level.
0: hang a picture. That's I did this, dude. I have
2: mean, I have, it's not I great, have no I have it's... no shame. I have no shame admitting it. She is the she is the man of our house, if you will. I I it's
0: completely I can't fix fine anything with anything either, so. But you yeah. can, hang can, I, I can hang a picture.
2: I can come over and hang a picture. I don't know. I did it in my in my first apartment that I was for 6 years, but
0: just watch out for and, your sewage lie. That is yeah. true. I, this is me saying you guys don't know how to hang, hang, hang pictures. <laughs> I literally pink. drove a nail through a septic pipe and yeah. Although that was not that your was that fault. was actually the most expensive mistake. We talked about expensive mistakes yeah, on Ricey and Unchained. Did, That yeah. was the most expensive mistake. Yeah. I've I
1: still made. don't think that that was your fault though. I don't think that there should be a lie like th- that should not be there. That should not have been in the wall. In my I agree. Opinion.
0: I agree. Yeah, we. I don't know. Probably could have fought that more aggressively, but I like to avoid conflict. What was the final apparently. bill? um about five thousand dollars because oh, it was boy, it was my fault ultimately and we thought god we have like 10 months left on the lease do we fight this and now we're in a war with our landlord yeah i don't know man anyhow hey underdog fantasy is back no one you can, you can have fun watching even more fun than usual watching watching football
2: Right. Well, if, uh, if if you're buying some Kirk stock and you and you're you want a big win in Philadelphia, who by the way, Kirk has great numbers in his career against the Eagles, why don't you put your money where your mouth is? At underdog fantasy, you can take the higher of passing touchdowns for Kirk Cousins tonight. One and a half. Can Kirk get two passing touchdowns on Thursday night football? Parlay that with something else. Maybe it's Jalen Hurts. Passing yards, rushing yards, whatever it may be. You can do this at underdog fantasy. Promo code score. SKOR gets you a match, up to $100 match in your first deposit, plus a free mystery pickem item as well. So you get basically a free item of a parlay when you do sign up with our friends at Underdog Fantasy. Links in the YouTube comment section. Uh, Go to Underdog Fantasy and use promo code SCORE.
0: Awesome. And then one more shout-out before we get to a random Viking of the week. Thanks to Summit Orthopedics for the partnership here on Purple Daily. So if you're dealing with any type of pain, maybe you've got ankle pain and you can't play tonight. Or you had lower back pain until you got a new contract. Whatever it is, whatever pain you're dealing with, you can go to Summit Orthopedics. No referrals are needed. They offer same day appointments and also walk in orthopedic urgent care seven days a week starting at 8 a.m. 25 locations in the Twin Cities and Greater Minnesota. Learn more at summitortho.com. That's summitortho.com. All right, it's time for a random Viking of the week. We've had a lot of controversy lately here. A lot of bang-bang decisions. The last two weeks have been sort of mired by the Hank Basket and Mo Williams controversies. We instituted a buzzword, and then we took it away. Now it's gone. We're just kind of back to shout the name out, and if there's controversy, we'll figure it out.
2: I'm not going to fight this, but I had multiple people did send me audio of our controversy, Phil, from last week and said, you actually did say me first. They slow. I, I didn't really. I didn't really buy it. Yeah. But, I.
0: I did I say me that. first.
2: They were saying I did. They said I had it. I you,
0: said, you said. Well, me. you said mo, mo. First.
2: I. I'm just letting you know. If you'd like to present have, this, have, if you'd like to I, present I, this, I, I think I'm, I'm taking saying... the L. I'm. I'm not gonna go back and change it. I'm, I'm. like someone else. I'm just. I'm just gonna let this
1: be a loss Ooh. for me. <laughs> I <didn't laughs> me. I didn't change it. I didn't change it. Well, you won. No, but
0: you won the controversial one. Mm-hmm. Judd tried to change it. I, agree. I tried to
1: change it. I agree. Judd tried said, to
0: overturn it. I think those people heard you say "mo," not me, because you definitely said "mo" first, and Phil said "me." Some people said I started to say "mo" before Declan did, but then realized that "me" was the was the buzzword. Oh, that's, po- that's possible. Actually, this, I think there was about a it,
2: lot of controversy, even siding with Declan last week. But I'm taking. The I young.
0: thought the Hank basketball one was way
1: more controversial. <laughs> I thought Phil actually, I. I thought you balked and Phil didn't, and mm. so and so I thought what I thought Phil won fair and square. It was just controversial because of our mm. rule. But mm. I mean, Phil Phil clearly stepped off the rubber and threw to first.
0: You <laughs> deceived the runner. You like pump faked and then and stepped off the rubber and then him we him but it. It wasn't fair.
2: <laughs> I did the fake third to first, which you also can't do anymore in Major Thanks. League Baseball. Oh, did we get uh, we um, got rid of that finally? Yeah, in Major you, League can't League. That. Stupid, you can't do that. Anymore. It was the stupidest. Super
0: it it never worked. I never
2: saw it work. Only worked yeah. in the little league. All right. Random Viking of the week. Right. So, okay. Declan has go. a
0: series of clues. Uh, to, to this point in the new era, Judd and I have five wins apiece. Declan has three wins. All time, Judd has 57 wins, which leads all of us by a mile. The last handful of random Vikings are Mo Williams, Hank Basket, Bubby Brister, Lido Shepard, Asher Allen, and Jim McMahon. Mm. So we get up to three incorrect guesses. Lido. If you get to three, you're eliminated. The other person wins by default. Oh, so, uh. Here we go. All right. This random Viking of the Week, first clue here, played
2: in a hundred and forty two NFL games. It's a nice little chunk of games. However, only eighty six of them were starts. Hmm. Okay. This random Viking of the week is is a little newer to the Instagram phase. He only has 800 followers. He made a profile this year. I just checked this. He hasn't posted since May, so he might have might have paused his Gram game to a degree. Uh, terrible, but, but only 800 followers on is Instagram. So this is a guy who quits easily. Okay,
0: keep going. It's hilarious. I'm going to control F because I have I do have a potential guess here. I just want to see if we've done this one. Okay. Curious.
2: This random Viking of the week did play in the CFL. Hmm.
1: That's well, not that guy. I was gonna say I don't think it's it's not uh, our our friend. What was his name? Manny Arsenault, who's back in the CFL now. I think he's back now. I think he went back. To Wasn't the he CFL? the guy that was
0: like? Uh... Tweeting about his gal. he got mad at the like gal he was dating stealing toilet paper. Yeah, she
1: stole toilet paper. He got really upset with, and then tweeted all, all about it and basically mm-hmm. said, "Don't use my." He, I, I think he insinuated he didn't like his female companionship to use the bathroom.
0: I think that was what. <laughs> it was very very odd. He's still on. He's still on the uh, on the search for a woman that doesn't go number two. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's going to be quite a search. Hmm. That's a whole other topic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, keep going.
2: Sorry. Uh, According to this Random Viking of the Week's LinkedIn profile, he works for The Kane Is Able Incorporated. I currently supervise... This is in his job description. I currently supervise 42 and 100 full-time and temporary associates. I evaluate, hire, and then train truck... uh, lift truck operators, production leads, and packaging techs. He's had this job since 2009... Since retiring from the NFL, two thousand nine. So
1: I'm. So did he retire after the two thousand nine season?
2: Well, he started working for them in two thousand nine. Okay. He did not retire in two thousand nine or eight. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice of you to share that. later on I'm going to read his he has specifically in his LinkedIn profile picture his time with the Vikings in his LinkedIn and a great description that's only with the Vikings because he did play for three NFL teams in his career three NFL teams okay hmm
1: Hmm. I don't think we've used this guy. Um, I'm going to take a guess. Okay. I don't know if you played in the c- CFL, but the starts and the games sort of add up a little bit. Is it former left tackle Charlie Johnson?
2: Charlie Johnson.
0: It's a great guess. guess. It's incorrect, and... but it's a great guess. Wrong. Okay. I got to get Declan a, but- a button. Mm-hmm. To... Okay. That might be the next move.
2: Forget the didn't... wall space. Alright. Okay, keep going. This random Viking of the Week had eleven fumble recoveries in his career. Sorry, I got lawn mowers going on outside too, if you hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing I don't do in my house. Um You don't you don't mow your lawn? I the people do it. Oh, okay. okay. But I will I shovel say, my own driveway because I'm weird. But but
1: you don't make your gal mow the lawn. Okay, that's
2: uh, If I bought a house, she will mow the lawn. I will not mow the lawn. But she will go uh, to each neighbor and tell hang them pictures that she, or mow the lawn. I will Why make. Why would you mow the lawn? I, I, th- nope, I never mow the lawn. And I pulled the Nate, think... Nate the Nate roll, and I'm going to make her tell every neighbor that she's doing this willingly because then it makes me look better. So, so you know what, what do you do? Yeah, I shovel the snow. I mow the dishwasher. I take care of the dog. I pick up his poop all over the place.
0: Okay. Just want to make sure there's
2: an not even mowing split the lawn sounds running.
0: entitled though. It doesn't take any talent to mow It's the also lawn. kind of fun. I love like and like, I don't have I told a lawn Don... that I mow now. But put the put the headphones on, go get a little workout. Yeah, I, I, no. Don would kick my ass if I said you mow the lawn. You, She's fine
2: with it because she hates shoveling snow, and I have this weird obsession with shoveling snow. So well, it, guess it what? I shovel too, and I'm hey, well, I'm like, a, a
1: 53 year old male. Like, I'm a walking death sentence when I'm
2: shoveling, and Don doesn't mind that. Back to the Random Viking of the Week. This Random oh, Viking of the Week was, of a, uh, was a was a first-round draft pick. Oh, jeez. Over, in said draft, he was drafted over said players, such as Ray Lewis, Marvin Harrison, were a, a couple of names. Uh, you mentioned Mike Allstott. He was drafted over Mike Allstott in this draft. I got a feeling he wasn't drafted by the Vikings. He played in five playoff games in his NFL career, all with the Vikings.
0: Okay, I've I've guessed this guy before. I think I'm just going to control F here, uh, unsuccessfully. Derek Alexander. Eh. Mm. And so he didn't play in couple, the CFL. This is the
1: guesses. the CFLs was throwing me for a loop.
2: I know me he too. He finished his he finished his career with the CFL if that does help at all. And he was a first round pick.
1: Would, mm-hmm. Was he a first round pick by the Vikings? Yes.
2: Oh. Oh, this official guess? This official time? guess?
1: Oh, shoot, 86 starts, though. that's not this guy. Uh, I'm going to guess. I'm shoot. I'm going to ta- I'm going to take a guess here. Dwayne Clemens. Ding, 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 ding.
0: Dwayne <sighs> Clemens. Dwayne Clemens, man. Because yeah. we used Rudd, and he was the yep. first-round pick. Yep. They I was trying doing. to think. My knowledge of like where guys were drafted in the 90s is not up to par with Judge I didn't there. realize he went to the CFL.
2: So I'm going to read you his little brief write-up of his time with the Vikings on his LinkedIn profile, which is the only write-up he gave of the three teams he played for, which were the Vikings, Chiefs, and Bengals. Okay. From April 96 to February 2000, he played with the Vikings, LLC. Uh, quote, I was a starter on one of the four greatest teams in NFL history, lining up with great players like John Randall, Chris Dolman, Warren Moon, Chris Carter, Randy Moss, Randall Cunningham, Jerry Ball, Randall McDaniel, etc. Taught me how to stand shoulder to shoulder with the best against the best to be the best. The one loss we had that year taught me pride, ego, and complacency makes perfection too heavy to carry. Wow. That's okay. Let's go. Dwayne Clemens. He was a smart he was a smart guy. Cal, right? He played at Cal. Cal and then got his uh in 2013 he got his BS in uh business management from uh Nazarene University. Yeah, right. I
1: did a profile on, on him for Viking Update when he got drafted, and he was a smart kid. I don't I don't recall him being that good a player, but he was a smart kid. Dwayne Clemens, man.
0: All right, so Judd, uh, first victory in a month here on random Viking Since of the Lito, week, right? Since Lido Shepherd, so well, Judd's- let's
1: throw the asterisk as as Mike Tirico would say. You know, the Hank basket that deserves an asterisk.
0: A ruling is a ruling, okay? Why don't you just? Well, Mike Tarico said that the
1: Lions win against the Chiefs had had, and they still won the game.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs the Chiefs aren't complaining publicly that they got screwed or whatever. Plus, the Chiefs had a right tackle that was basically lined up wrong the whole game. So they should have to forfeit the game. Anyways, <laughs> tell the audience about Livia real quick here. I would love to. I would
1: love to. You know why? Because this, we're talking about a win here in, in the battle against the Bulge, in the battle of w- weight loss. That's me. Now, it's a couple of years back, but I dropped 40 pounds. Guy on the left, guy on the right, same guys, both sports dad. Dropped 40 pounds thanks to a program that I'm going to tell you right now works. There's been a lot of people from RPD family who have joined us and guess what they have told us about their success stories too so if you want to become the latest success story uh this program by the way has been voted the best weight loss program in the state of minnesota for three consecutive years that's right three consecutive years and right now if you join Livia will give you three months free. That's right. Three months for free. You're going to drop that weight. You're going to feel great. And you're just going to be getting started on a journey that I can tell you works. 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A. Livia.com. L-I-V-E-A.com. And if you're outside the state, don't fret. The entire program can be done virtually. So if you're in California, New York, or Florida, guess what? This program can work for you. Livia.com is where you start
0: awesome all right boys there's your random Viking there is your meat and potatoes discussion about 12 13 and 21 personnel that's good good let's show. go and we'll be Football. for those of you that are consuming this before the Thursday night game we will be live on the purple daily YouTube channel for Vikings vent line right after Vikings Eagles finish up.